You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Thank you for joining us today uh, for our midweek service. If you're streaming in with you for wherever you are, at home, on the road, wherever you are, we are just so happy that you have uh, spent a few minutes with us today for midweek service. Uh, if you've never met before, my name is Joe Leal, and I am our student ministries director here at the Troy campus, and I am so honored to get to spend a few minutes with you today um, just talking about something that's um, an important piece of my life, and a couple of important pieces of my life um, is I have recently celebrated my seventh wedding anniversary. I'm not sure if that's a big deal or not. I just know that's the number that we're sitting at right now. And in those years uh, of marriage, uh, I've learned a couple of things. And maybe the most important thing that I have learned is how both partners and both spouses can look at the same thing and maybe see something that's different, right? I know that how I view a room as clean Maybe it's not the same way that my wife views the room as clean. One of the things that we have gotten really, uh, maybe in some, not arguments, but maybe some tension points, uh, is really about towels in our house. Because I have learned that not every towel in our house is actually a functional towel. There are some towels in our house that are just strictly designed to be decorative towels. And so even though they look like a towel, they smell like a towel, they do all the things a towel could do, I understand now that using every single towel is not recommended. Some of them are strictly decorations, all right? Now, I know that with all of us, we can look at things differently. And so I thought to kind of start us off today, uh, I'm gonna show you an image. And if you're watching this at home, tell me, or you can not really tell me, but you can say out loud, what is the first thing that you see. So let's look at this image together. And the first image, now you can see a couple of different things. Now for me, when I look at this image, the first thing that I see is a grumpy old man. Now there's other people who see something differently. And some of you just heard me say, I see a grumpy old man. And you're like, no, that's not what I see at all. And maybe you're angry and you're frustrated with me already. But I see a grumpy old man. Some of you may see something different, but it's so interesting to me that we can look at the exact same thing and see something completely different. And I understand as we're watching this at home, there's different people and different perspectives all around us that can look at different things, maybe even in the world, and see something one way and other people look at it a different way. Maybe the conversations that you have, the way you think about life, the way that you think about how you know, organizations and businesses and countries should be ran can look at different things and see them differently. We can look at them and that idea of looking at something and seeing something different than somebody else is this idea of perspective. And perspective is going to be what we want to talk about tonight, what I want to share a little bit about how I view perspective in my life. And when I look at perspective, I always like to define what perspective is. And how I define perspective is simply the ability, perspective is the ability to see and understand things in a certain way, and often in relation to one's own experiences and emotions. And if you think about this in your life, it's probably true. How you look at the world around you, how you view things or your perspective often is shaped by the things that you have already seen in your life. There, I believe perspective can be kind of broken down into three things. The first way it can be looking at, look at perspective is how we have seen things, what we have seen in our lives. The second is what we currently see. And the third is what we want to see. 
I believe when we look at those three things, both the past, the present, and the future, that is how our perspective is formed. And if you think about it, the way we view the world is usually boiled down to one of those things. Maybe our perspective is formed by what has happened in the past. And I'm not naive enough to understand that probably some of us watching right now have had a hard past, or maybe have had things go uh, on in your life before today that have been difficult or you know, troubling or maybe great, and how you have you know, experienced the past, how you've experienced the past is shaping how you view the world around you. Also, what is happening currently right now? Some of us can't look to the past or even look ahead to the future because what is happening in our lives is either so intimidating, so you know, overbearing that we can't actually look back and see what's happened in the past or look ahead to the future because we're so consumed what's happening currently in this exact moment. Or maybe you're on the other side of things where the perspective you have and how you view the world is really shaped on what the future could be. Maybe not how things are right now, maybe not how things have been in the past, but you have this hope or optimism that the future can be better and how you view the world and how you view perspective is based on the future. And you see with people watching right now, I understand all of those different perspectives can be all over the spectrum of where we look at these things. But I wanna focus on today is how do we have perspective with what we are going through in our life? Because I would imagine as you're sitting there watching this at home or on the road or wherever you are, there are a bunch of different things that could be happening in your life. Maybe you're going through a change right now in your life. Maybe it's a, you know, a relationship change, a marital change, a spousal change. Maybe there's different changes happening in your life. Maybe there's a job loss or job stress. Sometimes losing a job is difficult, but sometimes staying in a job can be just as difficult. Maybe there's health issues. Maybe there's illnesses. Maybe you've moved or relocated located or you've had a death of a loved one, there are different things that are going on in your life right now that maybe are causing you to step back and wonder, how am I going to get through this? And so when we have those moments of how are we going to get through this, how is our perspective shaped and what does our perspective look like? And luckily, we are not the first people in the world to have had to face trying or difficult situations. We are not the first people who have had to walk through this. There are stories of not only uh, people who we know and recognize, but people who have lived long before us. And these stories are sometimes captured in the scriptures. And one of the scriptures and narratives I wanna look at today is the scripture and narrative of the story of a guy named Moses. And if you're not familiar with who Moses is, we are gonna pick up his story in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 13. So if you're watching at home, you can turn there or flip there on your app. We're gonna look at this story of who Moses was. And if you're not familiar with his entire story, Moses is the guy who led the people out of Israel, God's chosen people. He led them out of Israel. He freed them from slavery. He crossed a Red Sea that was divided in half. And God was living and dwelling among Moses and his people. And I'd like to take a moment right there just to think about that like crazy monumental fact that God was living and dwelling among the people with that Moses was leading after he had taken them from slavery, after he had freed them, after he had crossed the Red Sea, God was living and dwelling among them. Imagine the stories that those people had. Imagine the amount of times they could look back and say, hey, remember when we walked across that sea? Remember when we were freed? Remember all of those things? Imagine the faith they could have had and should have had but you see, that's not necessarily how things happened. 
Because Moses was leading these people, and he was leading them to a place that he believed that God had told them was going to be their promised land. The place that these people who were freed from slavery were now going to have a new place to live and call their own. And as Moses is approaching this area that God has prepared for them, he sends 12 spies to survey the land or to see how things are going. And in Numbers chapter 13, it says this. It says, the spies gave this account to Moses. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is, the, here is the fruit. And so the spies come back and they say, yes, everything you said was true. This land is good, it is great. There's everything that we need is right here, just as God has promised. But however, not everybody came back with the same report. The story continues on in Numbers 13, 28. It says, but the people who live there are powerful and their cities are fortified and very large. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are and we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes when we looked the same to them. You see, these spies, their immediate reaction was intimidation by what they saw. They said, the people who live there are strong. The people who live there are tough. We can't do this. It is not great. The task ahead of us looks really big and really difficult, and I don't think we should press forward. And there was two others who had a different perspective, though. And we see their story captured here later on in the book of Numbers. And these two are Joshua and Caleb. And it says this, and this was their report. After the others said, no, we shouldn't go. No, it's too difficult. No, it's really hard. They came back and said, we should go and take possession of the land. Surely, for certain, we can do it. And then they carry on and say, the land we pass through is exceedingly good. The Lord will lead us through. Do not be afraid. We can do it. And they continue on and they have this rallying cry. But if you know the story that happens is there's a division that comes among the people that Moses is leading. They continue on and they don't necessarily follow the plan that God had for them. So even though there was two different perspectives, the dissension came, the division came, and all of a sudden we see something that's heartbreaking to me. We see that the plan that God had for them begins to crumble because not everybody was on the same page. Not everybody had the same perspective. And we begin to see hurt, we see heartache, and we see the plan that God had begin to fall apart. And maybe you're watching this at home and you can relate with that a little bit. You can relate with that idea of maybe that the plan has fallen apart. Maybe that something you had planned in your life is not going the same way. Maybe you're facing a situation in front of us that is too large or too intimidating or too difficult for you to even look past right now. And I know I can say I am going through that in my own life right now. And I mentioned earlier my wife Taylor and I have been married for seven years and we have two amazing kids. We have Blake who just turned three and Jackson who is five. But part of our story is our son Jackson. And Jackson, if you've never met him before, he is full of energy, he is an enthusiastic little five-year-old, but he also carries with him a rare genetic disorder that's called KDM5C. And it's a super rare genetic disorder. There's less than 100 cases of it in the world. And as we're walking down this path of what does it look like to parent a child, not only with special needs, but also a rare thing that there's no trials on, there's no long-term prognosis, there's no therapy, there's nothing there right now. What do we do? And you see, for me, it'd be really easy to get frustrated and to almost become angry and grieve that sense of loss of normalcy in parenting. 
but I have to shift my perspective because I know things are not going to be easy moving forward. I wish I had you know, uh, someone who would tell me, hey, don't worry, in two years, everything's gonna be simple and easy. The fact is when we meet with doctors, they say, you let us know what's going on because we're trying to gather information just like you are. And as a parent, that is intimidating, that is difficult, and that is hard to hear. But what I choose to do in those moments, of pers- in moments where I need to adjust my perspective is I try to remember his faithfulness. And by his faithfulness, I mean God's faithfulness. One of the things I encourage not only you to do, but I have to encourage myself to do, is to remember all that God has done in the past. That no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, you are still here. And the fact that you are still here means that somehow, someway, God has seen you to this moment. And if God has seen you to those moments, God has been there in the past, we need to look back and remember those stories and those times. I wonder if the people who Moses was leading had those moments where they could remember being freed from slavery. They could remember crossing the Red Sea. They could remember all of those moments. Psalm 33 says it so simply, for the word of God is right and true and he is faithful. So even when that city looks intimidating, even when that prognosis or that diagnosis looks intimidating, I have to remind myself to remember God's faithfulness. And sometimes remembering is not enough. I have to rely on his strength as well. And when when I rely on his strength, what it does to me is it takes the pressure off me. It reminds me that no matter what is happening in front of me, there is somebody who loves me and cares for me, somebody who is there for me, and somebody who can comfort me and remind me that the battles I am facing, I am not facing on my own. Psalm 121 asks the simple question, where does my help come from? It says, my help comes from the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Moses and the Israelites had the living God dwelling among them. We get the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and provides us guidance, comfort, and strength. And so when we're facing those moments where we need our perspective to change, we can remember his faithfulness. We can rely on his strength. And then we have to respond in obedience. And you see, sometimes this is the hardest part. Because in order to fully see what God is doing, we have to respond in obedience. And sometimes it's not going to be easy for us. Sometimes it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world to follow where God is leading us. But the most important thing is we have to take a step towards where he is calling us. And I know as you're sitting at home, maybe God is calling all of us to do something different. Maybe for you, responding in obedience is just asking that simple question of, God, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? Maybe if you're facing a situation in life that is difficult, maybe the first step for you is to start a conversation. Maybe it's an apology. Maybe it's saying, I was wrong. Maybe it's saying, I need to make a change in my life. Whatever it is that God is saying to you when you ask that question, God, what are you asking me to do? Sometimes taking that first step is the hardest part. But what I have to remind myself is, when we sit in those moments of remembering his faithfulness, relying on his strength and responding in obedience, what that begins to do is it shifts our perspective. It shifts our perspective of the intimidating battle in front of us and reminding us that we are not facing these battles alone, that there's somebody who loves us and cares for us and is going to be with us in those moments. And so as I pray and finish today, Nate is gonna lead us in a song called Great Are You, Lord. And it's that simple, simple reminder that our God is great and he is Lord. 
and we can remember him, we can rely on him, and then we need to respond to him. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for today and thank you for um, the amazing, amazing stories and scriptures that you leave for us, Lord. These examples of faith, these examples of perspectives. And thank you for reminding us, Lord, to have a right perspective about who you are and what you wanna do. I pray for every person listening to this right now, whatever they're facing, whatever situation they may be going through, God, that you would ignite maybe a first step for them, a response with what you're asking them to do, and give them the courage to take those steps. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. been encouraged tonight to remember the faithfulness of God, to lean into the presence and the strength of God, and then to respond in obedience. So in this moment, we're just going to respond by worshiping him, acknowledging that he is the giver of our, even our breath. Our very next moment is a gift of mercy from him. So let's do that together. You give life, you are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. We say great are, great are you, Lord. It's your breath. been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.